as you know, it's an interesting thing when you teach and preach because sometimes you know a week or two, or even three weeks in advance what you're going to preach. Other times you don't know till the morning. I've got I've got an up sometimes and had no idea what I'm going to teach until I'm actually standing up here. Uh, people say, "How do you do that?" Well, it's a step of faith in trust that the Holy Spirit will give you what what you need to give. That doesn't mean you don't prepare. But it just means that there's different ways to teach. Sometimes there's there's you've got the notes prepared. Other times, the Spirit of God just wants to 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 you to, to, to you to teach as He leads you and as as it goes. Amen. And it's good to do a bit of both. But I did have something in my heart this morning, so I have made a few notes down about it. But we'll just trust this trust God as it comes out. Let's did I say go to John fourteen? Let's have a look here. And I just want to read. Um, read this. This is part of um, this is part of the sections where, where in John 14, 15, and 16, where, where Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot in here about the Holy Spirit. Um, but let's uh, let's start in verse 16. Verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Has that happened already? Yeah. It's happened already. When Jesus spoke it, he's speaking it out future. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Uh, now, what does he tell us about this helper? Well let, me, well, let me put it this. From what we already know, the helper is the Holy Spirit, isn't he? We know that from, from the rest of the passage. The helper is the Holy Spirit. But what does he tell us in verse 16 about this helper? I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper that he may... Never leave you. Uh, my translation says, abide with you forever. With you. Let's keep going. Just make note of that. And let's keep going. Verse 17, the spirit of truth. Well, there you go. He's telling you who the helper is. The spirit of truth. Uh, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you. And will be in you. Do you see something to that effect? Yeah. With you. Two things. Do you see that in your translations? Yeah. He dwells with you and will be in you. Is, is, is this important? These two different ideas here. With you and in you. Is this important? Yeah. It is actually. It's very important. In fact, you'll find, you'll find three different descriptions really about the Holy Spirit through scripture in, in, in terms of these little, these little words with or in, they, they're very small little words, they're prepositions, but so often they get, they get skipped over and people don't see really what the scripture is saying. You know, sometimes there can be something quite subtle in scripture that, that gives you quite a powerful truth. People miss these powerful truths because they think something like this is not that important. But when God describes these different, uses these different prepositions, because they're important. Do you know, do you know that there's another one, actually, it's not mentioned in this passage, but it's mentioned elsewhere, where it talks about upon. The Holy Spirit upon, uh, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Yeah? So you'll find the description of upon, within, and with. Each of these are important. Now, I've got teaching elsewhere on upon, upon, and in. I want to talk about the other one a little bit, with. With. 
and 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 it, I believe even it'll stir some of the things and encourage people in terms of the, uh, some of the discussion we had at the, before the meeting and the, the worship and stuff like this. But is it important that he says he dwells with you and will be in you? Why didn't he just say he'll be in you? Is was it was it, was it necessary for Jesus to emphasize that aspect? He will be with you. What, what, what are you talking about when you're talking about either the Holy Spirit or even if we say the Lord or God with us? What are we talking about? We're talking about his presence. He is with us. His presence is with us. This, this one's not highlighting the location. He's in me or he's upon me, but he's present with me. Now, through Scripture, you'll find this is quite a powerful truth. It's quite an important truth. And it's one that he wants us to develop awareness of. Not, uh, God with me is not just all about a feeling. It's a, sometimes people are looking for feelings. I want to feel his presence with me. That's, that's not the important thing. Uh, it, 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 there may be times you feel. There may be times you don't. But should we develop an awareness that God is with me? And, 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 and is this important? Is it significant as I put confidence in the fact when I'm facing a battle and when I'm facing a situation, when the enemy is coming against me uh, or, or, or when I've got needs or challenges, is it significant to know God is with me in this situation? His presence is with me and is involved. Is this something that I can put my faith in and believe, Father, I thank you that your presence is involved. Now, let me read a little bit further here, and, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'll, I'll make a point. Uh, that, that we, there's some connections we need to make. Uh, God's, God with me is not just a theoretical thing, and it's not just a nice feeling, and it's not just a, oh, he's with me, don't you feel his peace? That's lovely. But there's more to it. The Bible connects him being with us to some very important things. And you see a little bit of in, in this passage because verse 17, he says, he dwells with you and will be in you. We're focusing on the with. Uh, verse 18 and 19, skip those for now, but get down to verse um, 20 and 21. It's only a few verses after he talked about being with you, yeah? Verse 20 and 21. At that day, you will know that I'm in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And when he says at that day, which day is he talking about? That day when he prays the Father and the Holy Spirit comes to be with you and in you. Yes? He's not talking about a future event. He's just talked about he will be with you, and he, he'll dwell with you. He'll be in you. Uh, and he's also just before that talked about the, doing the works that he did, doing the greater works. All, if, you, if you were to go all the way up to verse 12. But, but, but basically, when he says at that day in verse 20, 20 in other words, he's, he's not referring to a day that is future for us still. We've stepped into that day. That day when the Holy Spirit is with us and in us, yes? What does he say? At that day, you will know that I'm in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him. Now notice this. And manifest myself to him. Do you see that? Or maybe words to different effect in your scriptures. Manifest. The word manifest there, uh, it's got to do with... Um, to disclose, it can actually mean appear. I will appear. 
Now, it's not necessarily saying physical appearances or visions, but it has the idea of, of an appearance, something showing up. Okay? It also means um, to manifest, to exhibit something, to show oneself, to come into view. This is important. Because I want you to begin to realize the concept of God is with us is directly connected in Scripture with the concept of God showing up and manifesting. When I begin to develop confidence, he's with me. That means it's not just a comforting feeling. It means that with that comes the expectation that in my challenge, he will manifest and do something. He's, because his presence is with me, I know he'll show up in this situation. There's a direct connection in Scripture. I'm going to show you this. We need to see this connection because as we begin to develop confidence, God's not just con with us in theory. God, you know, God said to Moses when, when, when he sent Moses into Pharaoh's court, you know, one of the things he said to Moses, I will be with you. In other words, my presence will accompany you into Pharaoh's court. Did, did that mean that Moses felt, oh, isn't that nice? God's with me in theory. Or did Moses need a God who actually showed up? How do you like to walk into Pharaoh's court with promises from God saying, go challenge Pharaoh, say, tell my people, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And then, and, and, and here's Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Pharaoh is not necessarily a very nice guy, is he? You, that's like walking into one of the most extreme, ruthless dictators even in our day. And walking and going in his face and says, God said, let my people go. I mean, you've either got God with you or you don't in a situation like that. Because if you don't, next thing is either in prison or head chopped off. Moses did not need to know God is with me in theory. As a nice feeling. He needed to know because the presence of God is with me. God will show up when I need him to. So when God said to Moses, when, when Moses and the Lord were discussing, remember at the burning bush? And Moses, Moses in fact, let, let's go. To, you, we can look at some of these things, can't we? Let's go to Exodus 3. Exodus 3. This is really important because actually when we begin to develop our, our confidence in the truth that the Lord is with me, alongside that should come a confidence that he shows up. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will be with you. And then right afterwards, he said he'll manifest. He'll show up. There'll be a display. In scripture, God's presence is connected to actual reality of things happening. The Bible says the hills, they melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. What happens when his presence is around, something actually happens. There's loads of scriptures about that. There's, there's all kinds of scriptures about the presence of the Lord in the face of the enemy. You could read some of those. 
Let's just read this, and then I, I'm, I, like I said, I'm jumping around so I can easily get ahead, get ahead of myself. But Jesus, one of the one of the the powerful truths of the New Testament is God with each one of us. He's with me. Am I alone in this situation? And because I'm not alone, does it mean it's a nice theory? Or can I begin to say, Father, I thank you because you are with me. I know you're showing up and you're actively working in my situation. Your presence is involved in that situation doing something. Let's read this. Exodus 3 verse 11. This is in the the burning bush. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, well, Moses, you know, don't you know who you are? He's, he's following with me. Is that what the Lord said? God, Moses said, who am I, Lord? And God said, well, Moses, let's have a chat about who you are. <laughs> Some of you are not catching what I'm saying. Did it matter who Moses was? You know, sometimes the things you want to point out to God are not the things he's going to answer you back about. <laughs> God did not say to Moses, okay, Moses, you know, let's, let's give you a counseling session on your self-image. You know, Moses, you, you clearly have a poor self-image about yourself. Let's talk about this. See, you need to be careful about always wanting God to talk to you about what you want to talk about. And when you bring something up, you want him to talk to you about that. Does does God even acknowledge what Moses is saying here? What does God begin to say? I will certainly be with you. Was that all Moses needed to know? Did Moses need to be concerned about who he was? Did it really matter? This is the thing is, Moses was not powerful because of who Moses was. Moses was powerful because of who was with him. That's what mattered. And that's why the same is true for us. You know, we read about Elijah and the prayers and the things that they did. We look in scripture at what these people did. And you begin to realize they are not powerful and important and significant because of who they were. Because, oh, well, he was a prophet. He was an apostle. That's not the issue. This is why James says, just like Elijah stopped the prayer, stopped the rain with his prayers for three and a half years. And he uses him as an example of your prayer life. What mattered? Was it because Elijah was some amazing prayer and such a righteous man? The Bible says, no, he had weaknesses like we got. What mattered was who was with him. That's what made the difference. Because, well, I don't know how God could do something for me. You know, I'm just me. That's that's the whole point. It doesn't matter who you are. What matters is who's with you. So this is what God focuses on with Moses. And he says, I will be with you. My presence will be with you. And says, and this will be a sign for you that I've sent you. And he, he gives him some other th- instructions. We could read. Moses doesn't get it at first. He keeps pointing out about, I got stuttering speech. I got this. I, I'm not that educated. I'm this, I'm that. And God just keeps saying, I will be with you. Now, when Moses came into Pharaoh's court, Mo- this truth needed to be real to Moses. This needed to be more than a theory. When he, when he said to Pharaoh, let my people go, 
Moses needed to be able to stand there knowing God will show up right now when I need him to. Because the reality of his presence, when I throw that, that rod on the ground and it turns into a serpent, he needed to know God's going to show up right now. And that it's, that it's actually going to turn into a serpent and there's going to be a manifestation. That's what it is, a manifestation. We talk about the manifestation of God, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. A manifestation is, happens because God is present. He's there. He showed up. Now, a lot of Christians have very low confidence in God actually showing up when I need him to. There's low confidence in this area. And he, we, we need to build ourselves up in our faith in the fact that God is with me in this thing. His presence is here. In fact, God said the same thing to Joshua. How would you like to take over the nation after Moses? This guy split Red Seas for breakfast. <laughs> yeah? He walked in the glory. He was up on the... I mean, can you imagine a, a more... Like, whoa, kind of leader to, to, to take over. And then they say, they say, well, Joshua's taking over. And everyone goes, well, who are you? Let's see what you got. You know what he did? You know what God said to Moses, to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1? He says, you don't have to look at all these verses. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses. There it is. So I will be with you. I will never not leave you nor forsake you. My presence, in other words, you will have my presence, is what God promised Joshua. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. That's all, that's all Joshua needed to go. That is the exact same piece of information God gave Moses at the start of his ministry that enabled him to walk in those things. Joshua was given the same key. In, in that statement, I hear God saying to Joshua, Moses was not wow <laughs> because of who Moses was. Moses was wow because of who was with him. And the same me is with you, Joshua. Did God consider that to be all the information Joshua needed to know? When he told Moses that, did God consider that's all, that's all you need to know, Moses, I'll be with you. And because I'm with you, you can step out and, and, and expect me to show up. See, this is, this is something that becomes more real. Again, it's not a feeling. You say, oh, well, I don't feel God's with me. Don't put your faith in feelings. Put your faith in what God said. He says, I'm with you. And you can build yourself up in this truth. Should we as Christians develop more and more and more and more of an awareness that God is with me? And that means I know he will manifest and show up when I need him to in this situation. Do you know that God told Gideon the same thing? Gideon? Remember Gideon? He's running from the Midianites in Judges 6. 
just, he's, he's hiding from them. He's, he's trying to just do a little bit of what he can do to feed, to feed the family. And, and Gideon's all caught up in the fact that I'm the most insignificant. I'm the least of my family. I'm, I'm a nobody. I was going to hide here and try and thresh out some wheat for my family when the Midianites can't steal it. And he has, an, he has an, a manifestation. The angel of the Lord appears to him. And when Gideon says to the, the angel of the Lord says, you mighty man of valor and all these things. But when Gideon says to him, <clears throat> who am I? I'm the least in my family. He did the same thing as Moses, didn't he? Who am I? Me. Do you know what the answer was? Judges, you don't have to turn there. Judges chapter 6, verse 16. God's answer says, and the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. Wow, same answer. I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Did God consider that to be all the information he needed? Is that all Moses needed to know? Is that all Joshua needed to know? Is that all Gideon needed to know? Then why do we think we need to know more to, to trust God going to manifest? God, you're with me. You said you'll be with me. You said in your word, your presence is here. I know you're going to manifest in this situation. And I thank you, Lord, that you show up. This is something to grab a hold of and let it become developed, build it strong inside of you and walk in a, in, in a, in a place of faith and awareness. God's with me everywhere I go. I've got more than Moses in here because he's actually in me. I carry him away around on the inside of me. That means he really is with me every moment of all the time. His presence is not just theoretical. It means when he's with you, it means he'll show up when needed. What enabled some of these people in scripture to step out the way they did? What enabled the three Hebrew children to, to, to say, we're not bowing. Our God will come through for us. Now, did they need to know a God who actually showed up? As they're being dragged into, thrown into the fire, they needed God to manifest. When David said, I'll take Goliath down. But you know that David, David had an awareness. You read his writings. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Yes, David knew his covenant. Yes, David knew all kinds of things. But I, David knew the Lord is with me. The Lord is my shepherd. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your presence, if you read that, you, 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 he, he was very aware of God's presence with him. And so when he ran to take to, to go at Goliath, he knew, I'm not running at that giant alone. God's with me, and that means he'll show up and manifest. Did he need a God who, 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 who manifested three months later? <laughs> he needed God to show up. Some of these people were willing to put themselves in a situation where if God didn't show up, it was over for them. Many people are scared to do that. Now, I'm not saying don't put yourself presumptuously. Build yourself up in the word. Build confidence. But, 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 but you see, we don't see people willing to do that. Where, where I'm going to step out. If God doesn't show up, we've done for. It's one of the reasons many people don't see that kind of thing. Because we're afraid maybe he won't show up. What if I step out and it doesn't show up? And we hold out. We hold back. 
Why? 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 Because we're not as convinced about he's with me. And I just step out an emotion on a truth you haven't built your faith in in the word. I'm saying build your, build yourself up in the word. But when you when this becomes real and alive on the inside of you, and their willingness, Lord, I know when I step out, you, you're going to show up when the enemy's in front of me, when the enemy's coming at me. Well, I believe in a God who's going to show up. Elijah, <laughs> he put himself on the line, didn't he? He steps out and says, bring me a bull or whatever. Bring me a sacrifice. Let's pour some water on it. Let's see who's God answers by fire. We look at this and go, whoa. But you know what? Moses, uh, Elijah believed in a God who's going to show up. <laughs> How do you like him to go, oh, fire, fire, fire? And, and it, it'd just be just as silent as it was for the prophets of Baal. Wouldn't, wouldn't be quite the great read. <laughs> but God, he, he, he believed, he expected God's going to manifest. And God's, now we could go into all kinds of things and say, well, God told them to do you. But, but you know, at the end of the day, a lot of these passages show people were willing to put themselves in a position where I believe God's going to manifest and show up in my life. What does that tell you? What is, why does God give us these passages in the word? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we see him. He manifests. He shows up. He manifests. He shows up. What, is, what, are, what are some of the truths the enemy wants to attack inside of Christians? Oh, yeah, miracles don't happen these days. Oh, you, got, you can have faith. You can trust the Lord. But, you know, nothing's going to happen. The enemy doesn't want us believing in a God who shows up. And manifest. And it's not, it's you can have a theoretical idea of the law. Oh, yes, the Lord is with you. He's going to manifest. No, we don't believe that anymore. He doesn't show up these days. That was just for the apostles. But he's with you. <laughs> you see, and, and the enemy wants to disconnect and destroy this concept of a God who manifests and shows up. David had confidence in a God who showed up. Elijah, the three Hebrew children, lion's den. They, 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 they believed. In fact, like I said, they, many times they put themselves in a position where if God didn't show up, I'm done for. It takes some faith in the word to, 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 to be able to, to, to do that. But a large amount of it comes from a confidence in this truth. Let's, let's look at a few things. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, uh, we can look at a few things. Read a few scriptures. Deuteronomy 1. We'll start off with. Oh, actually, let's go to Deuteronomy 31 first, because this one. Deuteronomy 31, verse 3. Let's read a bit of this. This is some of the instructions God gave them. It says, the Lord, everyone there? Deuteronomy 31, verse 3. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you he's giving them instructions isn't he about crossing over into the promised land he will destroy those nations from before you and, and you shall dispossess them joshua himself crosses over before you just as the lord has said and the lord will do to them as he did to sihon and og the king of the kings of Am of the amorites and their land when he destroyed them what's god giving them here God's speaking to them, isn't he? 
So he's giving them his word. He's giving them his promise. What is God in advance before they go into the promised land? What's God doing? He's saying, I will, uh, this, this, and this is what I'm going to do. So that because he wanted them, but when they stood on the lines ready to go across the promised land, he wanted them to believe what he had promised and what he had said. He wanted them entering that land when, with faith in his word of what he had said. So he's telling them in advance, giving them his word. Verse 5, the Lord will give them over to you that you may do, may do to them according to every command which I have commanded you. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. Do you see something similar in your translation? Why, why did they not have to fear the enemy in that land they were going into? What, what, what was the comforting truth they needed? God's with you. Do you know that that's what the enemies were afraid of? That's what the Philistines were afraid of. The Philistines, when the, when the, for example, in the battle with Eli, when Eli and Hophni and Phinehas, the Philistines were winning the battle and, and, and they, then they brought the Ark of the Covenant. And what did the Philistines, what the Philistines got afraid and basically began to panic because they realized the Ark of the Covenant is there. Their God is with them in this battle. And they got afraid. Even the enemy recognized the power of that truth, his presence with you. They knew when, when God was with Israel, don't mess with them. <laughs> But he built this truth into them as well. When you're facing your enemy, verse 3, he says, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, is that something they just needed to know in theory? Or were they going into a situation they really needed to know that because he's with me, he will show up in this battle? These truths are connected. God said to Moses, I'll be with you. Moses needed to know because he's with me, he's going to show up. Joshua needed to know this. This wasn't just a comforting truth to make him feel better. But then when reality happens and I step out, nothing actually happens. That's what the enemy wants us to think. But when I said, Father, I thank you. You're with me in this situation. You are with me. And, 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 and because you're with me, you're showing up. You're manifesting. You are, you do, you're involved in this situation. His presence with us means something. So verse 6, he'll not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. Repeated again, isn't it? Just a couple of verses later, it's repeated. Verse, look at some other promises God made them. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. Why am I showing you the promises God made them? Because we're given the same promise of God with us in the new covenant. And let's, I want you to see what it meant to them. 
This is, it's because of things like in Deuteronomy, it's because of scriptures that God had given them that David had confidence to step out. I'm going to read some. God told them, when you're facing the enemy, I'll be with you. Look, I'll get, let's look at some of these promises. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. Here's one of them. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses, chariots, and an army larger than yours, go hide in the hills and be afraid and cower in fear. No, no. Is that what he says? Did it matter whether the enemy was larger than theirs, than them? What did he say? Do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you. Do you see that? His presence is with you. Did that matter? Did that make all the difference when they were facing the enemy? Is that what they... Now, when you're facing an enemy, you don't just need a comforting thing. Oh, I'm with you. <laughs> you need us actual help. So this truth, he's with me, contains within it the assurance that because I'm with you, I'm going to manifest and show up. These are connected throughout scripture. You see them over and over again. This is what he wanted them to realize when he said to people like Moses, when he said to others. Let's look at another one, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 9. This one doesn't specifically say with, but it's the concept. Deuteronomy 9. He's giving them promises. They're about to cross over again. This is things he's telling them. What is he doing here? He's giving them his word. What comes by hearing the word? What did he want his promises to do inside of them? He wanted his promises in his word. He said to them over and over again what he's going to do when they cross over the land. He wanted them to build confidence in what he'd said. And alongside what he said, he kept saying, I will show up. I will be with you. I will be present. I will go before you. In fact, that phrase, I will go before you, the word before there is the same word that in other places is translated presence. His presence will be with you. So it's the, it's the same concept. When he says, I will go before you, he's basically saying the same thing. My presence will be with you and involved in this situation. Is God's presence. Can we believe that the presence of God can be with us and involved in the situation we're facing? Are we just, are we just limited to natural? Are we just limited to natural law and what natural people happen and who involved? Or is there reality? Say, Father God, your presence is involved. I believe your presence, you are going before me. Your presence is with me and you are showing up and you are manifesting in this situation. Can we build faith in this truth? You can. Let's read, let's read this Deuteronomy 9 verse 1. Hero Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today and go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than yourself. There it is again. God keeps saying they're bigger than you. But they're not bigger than God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Doesn't matter how big the enemy, doesn't matter how intimidating. I don't have to be intimidated by 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 
big organizations, big companies, governments, whatever, you know, or, or even the enemy, what in virus. I don't have to be intimidated. Why? I've got God with me. And because God is with me, I have confidence he's going to get, he's, he is getting involved in the situation. And he's manifesting. He's showing up. His hand is involved and he's doing things in that situation. So what do you say? Greater and mightier than yourself. Cities great and fortified up to heaven. A people great and tall, the descendants of Anakim, whom you know, <clears throat> and of whom you've heard it said, who can stand before the descendants of Anak? The, the, these nations they were going to face had a reputation. People were already intimidated by the sons of Anak. Yeah? But did that matter? Now, when they're facing the sons of Anak, did they need to know God's with you in theory? <laughs> well, Anak flattens them on the ground. And then they can say, well, at least you trusted the Lord <laughs> as you go flat. No, no, no. They, the whole idea was because he's with you, no matter how intimidating the enemy is or big the enemy is, no matter what the enemy says, the enemy can taunt you. Do you know the enemy taunts you with words? Remember when David was facing Goliath and Goliath was, who's this little thing you send against me? The enemy wants to taunt you and say, oh, you're not going to take me down. And he says that in your mind, you're not going to get through this one. You're not going down. That's the war of words. The enemy uses that too. <clears throat> He'll sit on your shoulder and try to convince you, you're not getting through this one. That's exactly what David did to, sorry, what Goliath did to David before the battle. It's exactly what I think Sennacherib did when he attacked Israel. He said, you know who I am. I've defeated far bigger nations than you. See, the enemy will try to taunt you and tell you you're not coming through. What do you need to be saying? God is with me in this situation. I have the presence of the Lord. The Lord is going before me. He is my rear God. He surrounds me and he is involved. And because he's with me, he's manifesting. And it doesn't matter how big you are, enemy. <clears throat> so he said, God even warns them. They're big and they, you know, they've, they've got a reputation. But what does he say in verse 3? Therefore, understand today. Therefore means because of what I've just told you about how big the enemy is. <laughs> in verse 1 and 2. Therefore, because, therefore, understand today that the Lord... Your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. Now, that word before is the word for presence. His presence goes as a consuming fire. <laughs> What's he telling them? <laughs> you just watch those enemies burn up in front of you. My presence will just move through that situation. What's a consuming fire? Do you, know, do you know, not every fire in scripture was a consuming fire. Remember Moses, the presence of the Lord appeared and the, burn was, the bush was not burnt up. But when Elijah called down fire from heaven, it burnt the sacrifice. It consumed it up. What's a consuming fire? Consuming just destroys and eats everything up. When the, when, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them in Acts, was that a consuming fire? Tongues of fire appeared upon them. Did they all burn up and get consumed by it? No, that wasn't a consuming fire. So the bush with Moses, the presence of the Lord. You know, God's presence can be a fire, but not a consuming fire. Why? When he highlights a consuming fire, what's he talking about? It's going to eat something up. It's going to... 
who, and, and he usually talks about a consuming fire in context of the enemy. And he talks about his presence being this kind of consuming fire. Can the, can the consuming fire of God just eat up and destroy a cancer like that? Can it burn up a, 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 a problem in the body? Yeah, it can. And consuming fire and presence of the Lord, it, it's what he says. When, when he says he will go before you, he's talking about his presence and that consuming fire and what it will do. Do you want to see a couple more scriptures about the consuming fire quickly? And then we'll close up. Let me find the right one. Over and over it talks about, in fact, if I go to Psalm 50. Can I, can I expect he's actually going to show up because he's with me? Now, what does that mean? That means one of the things it means is that fire of the Lord going over in front of me, going before me and consuming up the enemy that's trying to come against me. Psalm 50 verse 1. Look at the kind of promises he gave them. The mighty one, God the Lord, has spoken, Psalm 50 verse 1, and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. What an image of God. Isn't that an incredible image about him? A fire just burning up before him and, and, and says it's tempestuous. It's like a like a Firing presence. So what, what happens if God's with me? Do you think that fire is with me? <laughs> Does the enemy stand a chance against that? This is why he talks about a fire goes before him and burns up all his enemies. I'm trying to find that scripture. Oh, there it is. There it is. Psalm 97. And we'll close on this. Well, why am I teaching on this today? This is this might, probably just a one-off message. I just wanted to, just had it on my heart to just do something different. And is that all right? Yeah. Why? Can this build your faith? Can this build you up in the situation you're facing? Can you can you begin to say, I don't, I can, am I alone in that situation? Am I all by myself trying to get God to move? That's what the enemy wants you to tell. Oh, you just, you, you really st standing out there by yourself in that one. No, no, I'm not by myself. Can I, can I build an awareness from Scripture and begin to say, God said he's with me. Lord, I thank you that everywhere I go, you're with me. When I, when I go in, when I, when I face the enemy, when a situation comes against me, your presence is here with me. And you're the kind of God who shows up. Yeah. Yeah. No. Probably, probably also just stirs, stirs in me that maybe what I was, what, I, what I'm sharing today, that's the right thing. That's what God wants people to know right now. He's speaking this out. We, his presence is not just a nice feeling. Yes, it's a nice feeling, but it's not just a nice feeling. There's a reality to his presence. Let's read Psalm 97, verse 1. These are good promises. That's why I'm re reading them. I'm not trying to give you lots of new information. I just want you to see this over and over in the Word, and then we'll close up. Amen. Psalm 97, the Lord reigns. 
Let the earth rejoice. See the multitude of isles. Sorry, let the multitudes of isles be glad. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Here it is. A fire goes before him. What happens when God shows up? Out in front of him is this fire. Wow. That's pretty spectacular, isn't it? That word before him there, it's the same Hebrew word that means his presence. Presence means he's there, he's with you. Very often when the scripture talks about before, it's the same, it's the exact same word that's translated presence. When Moses said, Lord, I want your presence to go, go with us. If your presence doesn't go with us, what's the point? This is the truth. God is with you. His presence is with me. So you could almost say a fire is in his presence. When his presence is there, this fire is present. And the word goes is, is, is got to do with to, to walk. In other words, you could say a fire comes out of his presence. The translators have said, have said a fire goes before him, but you can also translate this, a fire comes out of his presence. When his presence is there, this fire of, uh, is there. What does that fire do? Verse 3. The fire goes before him, a fire comes out of him. Remember, remember in the tabernacle, remember when Korah and the others were, 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 were in rebellion? And it talks about a fire came out of the, 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 the tabernacle and just burned them up. You want to remember that? This is almost the start. The fire. <laughs> this fire comes out of his presence and says what? And burns up his enemies round about. That's a good promise. Do I need to fear the enemies? My word, I've, I've got him with me. And what happens when his presence is around? This, this burning, raging, consuming fire. And just vaporize cancer in a moment. And I have to feel, be afraid of those things. No, this is who's with me. Look, let's keep reading. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax. At what? At the presence of the Lord. Presence means he's there. His presence is there. Does that give you quite an incredible realization of what his presence does? I mean, the mountains just go like a pile of wax because of the power of his presence. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Oh, there's so many other scriptures that, that, that talk about. This one in Amos 9 verse 5 says, He touches the earth and it melts. That's the power of the Lord God. I'm not saying he's going to necessarily do that right now. The whole earth's just going to melt like a pile of wax. This is how powerful he is. This is why Moses, David, Elijah stepped out with an awareness. Who's with me? Do I have to be afraid of the enemy? Does not matter how big the enemy is? No, I've got him with me, and his presence is very real. Now, you can develop a consciousness and an awareness by building faith in the scriptures and take these promises. Begin to say, Father, I thank you that you're with me today. 
Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is with me. I have his presence. And because his presence is with me, he is manifesting in the situations working with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to worship you. Lord God, I pray that you'll help us to help us to really, uh, let me say it this way, open the eyes of our understanding to this truth. Give us revelation, Lord, not just to brush over this, but to, to really begin to grasp the power and significance of this truth of knowing the Lord is with us. He is present with me. My God is with me every day, every moment, every, every week, every hour. His presence is with me. Uh, and he's made that promise to me. And when an enemy rises up against me, the presence of the Lord is already with me. When an attack comes against me, when, when a problem or a situation arises in my life, his presence is already with me. And Father, I thank you that your presence rises up and moves and manifests. You're a God who shows up. And we, uh, Lord, I thank you that we can open the eyes of our understanding to this truth. Help us to see this and to grasp the reality of it. <clears throat> and I thank you that with that comes that expectation, Lord, of knowing when I step out, you're going to move. When I, when, when, I, when I step out, when I take a step of faith on your word and on your promises, I know that your presence will show up and move and manifest because you're with me. Hallelujah. We give you the glory and the honor for that, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Bless your name. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. And Father, I just pray for the, the situations that anyone in this church are facing, Lord. I thank you. I just pray that what we've talked about tonight will just, this morning will help stir people. We stand in agreement with every person here, Lord. I thank you that you are manifesting. Your presence is showing up, whether it's in healing situations in the body. We thank you that your presence shows up and manifests healing in that body. And we thank you, Father God, in people's financial situations. Thank you, Lord God, if people feel like they're up against a brick wall and there's no movement and nothing is happening and it doesn't seem like they can progress on some things. Father, I thank you that we can begin to be, begin to realize that God is with me. God's presence can just melt that wall down that stands in front of you and that stands in your way and, and it's blocking the movement. Just like, just like in front of the Red Sea, that God splits a path right through that because he can make that way. Father, I thank you that even when it doesn't look like we can see any way through the situation because we know you with us and your presence is with us and we begin to praise you and thank you and give you glory and honor because you're with us. I thank you, Lord, that you're the God who shows up and brings about a change in that situation. And we don't have to, we don't have to get discouraged by, by brick solid walls that just we can't seem to get through. And, and the enemy says there's no way through that. You're not going over, under, around, or anything else. But Lord God, we thank you that because you are with us, we are getting to the other side. We are going through that situation. And nothing's going to stop us. Nothing's going to stand in our way. And nothing's going to tell us any differently to what the Lord has told us about those situations. So we, we, we keep standing in the word. We keep standing on the word and I thank you, Father God, that you are coming through for people in this church in some powerful, magnificent ways. Your presence is showing up in their situations. You're bringing about changes. You're doing what no human being could ever do. 
because your presence is able to move and bring about change. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Mm -hmm.